This is the story of a what would your life look like if you believed every experience only allowed you to be everything that you can be? Shut up! But seriously, what if it did? I had gone from homeschool jungle freak to shiny plastic to most hated person in the world to actual human being. It doesn't just happen in the movies. We're talking transformation in your life. That's what we're exploring here. Are you ready? Hi there, my name is Allie Williams. A few years ago, I left my old Kentucky home to build my dreams. With $125 in my pocket, after a 72-hour crowdfunding campaign that allowed me to leave and learn in the best classroom, the world. From fun to failure to deep faith-forming seasons, I explored for two years, then landed in sunny LA after learning three things. One, your almost will never satisfy your craving for your utmost. Two, the most courageous work is done in love. And three, the crazy faith within you, that's what changes everything. And that is where the real journey began. My journey to embrace imperfection and build a life to live out those truths. It's brought me to you. Lucky me, right? If you're here, I'm holding space for you to get to know the courage and character you carry. The thing that so many of us miss. I know I did. That involves some effort though. A bit of being and some doing. Learning, healing, loving, failing, and growing. The works. Now, I have a disclaimer. If you want to remain the same, I lovingly recommend you find another podcast. I believe in you far too much to allow you to stay stagnant. Here, we grow. Here, we live overconfident and underprepared because this is the thing. You're never going to be fully ready. And I promise that shouldn't stop you. If you're still here, I have one thing that I need from you. Show up. Show up nervous, show up frustrated, show up confused, just show up. Not for me, for you. In exchange, I'll do the same. I'll bring the stories, the conversations, and the tools I've found thus far in bite-sized episodes. Because my journey wasn't just to teach me something. It's for you. I believe we were created to change the world. Yes, that means you. But I want to know, will you? I'm willing to bet that you will. You ready? Let's dive in, shall we? Welcome to life right up your alley. Hello and welcome back to the Right Up Your Alley podcast. I am seriously jazzed to bring this amazing woman to you guys today. I know you're going to love her just as much as I do. And she's going to bring not just her awesome tips and tricks of just life in her story, but she's going to bring reality, which is what we all need. So first of all, hello, Sam. Welcome. Hey, Allie. Thanks for having me. Girl, I, it is all my pleasure. I'm seriously so glad that you're here. And I just am excited to get down and talk about all of these different pieces of your story and the wisdom that you have just been able to grab on the way. So yeah, let's just dive in if that sounds good to you. And yeah, I mean, you just gave me goosebumps with that intro. So I'm ready. <laughs> I'm so glad. Perfect. That's what we're here for. The goosebumps, <laughs> right? I'm so glad. Well, let's start with your background. 
And I just want to know who are you and, and where have you come from? Just give us kind of like the, the background, if you will. Sure. So a lot of times when people ask me this, I used to feel like I needed to have this like really epic story on how I got into what I am doing now. But, you know, it's pretty average. I went to U of A in Tucson, came from California. I'm a SoCal girl. And I was an undecided major for quite a while, like two years into college, really had no idea what I wanted to do. And it wasn't until going into junior year, I decided I really wanted to focus on helping other people. So I did a public administration major, which was focused on nonprofits. And then I did a business marketing major because I thought someday that would be beneficial. So I graduated with those two majors and went on to work at Yelp in Scottsdale and was just doing kind of an intro level sales job and was very difficult and low-key really disliked it, but I learned. Yeah, that's intense. I have to insert. Yeah, those are cold intense. calling is not my favorite thing to do. I don't, like, I think it takes a certain personality to be in that spectrum of sales. Absolutely. And, yeah, and I think, like, the one good thing that came out of it is, obviously, I spoke to business owners because business owners are the ones that are on Yelp. So whether I, you know, completed a sale or not, I definitely learned something from each small business owner that I talked to. And I have to say that's probably what inspired me to want to be an entrepreneur, even though I didn't know what specifically it was I wanted to do. That's awesome. I love that. And I can identify with that 100%. Just seeing the, the posture of others is inspiring in itself, you know? Oh, for sure. And at that age, what was I like 22, you know, being that young and, you know, listening to their stories and of all different ages too, it it was really inspiring. So, I mean, kind of cliche, but everything happens for a reason. So even though I hated a lot of aspects of that job, I'm definitely grateful. It made my skin tougher. It showed me, you know, how to push through things to get where I want to be. And like I said, speaking to those people, I, I believe has, you know, been some type of influence in where I am. Oh, that's so cool. And that, again, makes so much sense. After living in Scottsdale, I, I knew quite a few people who were in those positions and like it is a, it's intense, like I said. And so that makes sense for you to be able to have that exposure all the way around in different industries. And it's a cool thing to see too, that like they do need help. I feel like when you look at entrepreneurs, it's like, oh, they got it. But usually like we don't, (laughs) we're really, we're still learning and we do need help and we really need others, you know? Yeah. Like everyone can learn something from someone. No one has it all mastered and all together. And once you figure that out, like you're one step ahead. (laughs) It's so true. It is so true. So then from there, yeah. Um, tell us how you got into being a sommelier. Yeah. So after Yelp, I was there for a little over a year. I began really wanting to do something else. I was going a little bit stir crazy. I knew I wasn't happy. And mm-hmm. I want to be one of those people who stayed at a job I hated for so many years and then just kind of didn't know what to do. So 
I started talking to more people post-college on, you know, what they were doing and, um, you know, going on social media, seeing what everyone was up to. And I saw a friend of a friend went to this culinary school in Northern California, and she took like this intensified sommelier training program. I'm like, what is that? Like I knew sommelier had to do with wine, but I'm like, what exactly is this like training program for it? So I reached out to my friend of a friend and, you know, never met her, you know, before in person, but noticed that she was from my husband's hometown. Mm-hmm. And would you like want to get together when we're in town for the holidays? Like, I love to learn like what got you to that school and more about it. And she was so sweet. And, you know, I was like, of course. So I met up with her and she told me all about it. And it basically is a three month intensified only training program to guide you to take your level one and level two certifications to become a sommelier. And you're actually taught by master psalms, which is really cool. And it's wine school, essentially. So I quit Yelp, moved to Campbell, California, where the school was, and lived with like four 19-year-old guys who were in culinary school at the time, like the weirdest situation ever, and did this program. And I was the youngest of, there's 12 of us, and I was the only 22-year-old. Everyone else was, you know, in their 30s, 40s, 50s, kind of doing like career changes. And I, you know, was very insecure about it and uh, definitely had to like work a lot harder than everyone because I had no idea about the wine industry. This was all new to me and everyone in the classroom at least, you know, has worked in wine in some way. So it was a cool thing in the sense where I was kind of, you know, learning firsthand from these teachers. And even though I did have to study a lot more, you know, I think it made me a little bit stronger because of that. And at the end of it, I passed, thank God, or that could have been a real waste of three months, but I did pass and I came back to Phoenix and, um, to be honest, really had no idea what I wanted to do. I had the certification, I had all this knowledge, but I did not know what the heck to do. So I just started working in a restaurant and serving and, you know, kind of shadowing the wine director for a bit. That is crazy. That is yeah. so cool. And before, I don't want to interrupt you, but like I I watch you. I've, you know, been a fan of yours for our like years now, I feel like two plus years since finding what you do. And I still am like so fascinated and I feel like there's so many layers to it. So one, will you like explain one, how to say what you do? Um, Cause I think I say it in like seven different ways, but then like, just what is it? Like, what is the essence? Um, I know there's so much, you know, science behind it that people don't realize, you know, there's so many elements. It is an art. So I want to hear more about that. Yeah, sure. So I say sommelier. I'm yes. sure there's a super like French better way to say it, but my French sucks. <laughs> so I say sommelier. People also say sommelier. Yes, that's what I say. Well. Okay. So S-O-M-M-E-L-I-E-R. And that's where my uh, business name comes from, Samantha Sommelier. Some people think it's my last name, <laughs> but <laughs> the definition of what my certification is. And it's essentially um, a person who is an expert in wine. 
and it originates, the, the word originates from a French origin and just reflects what um, someone in the wine industry does. So, I mean, most of the time, a lot of psalms work in restaurants as the floor psalm or wine director, and they're, you know, kind of like the king or queen of the wine list in that restaurant. But once I kind of learned all the, you know, other opportunities there are in wine, I learned you could be in sales, you could be in distribution, you could own a winery, you could be a vintner, you know, you could own a wine shop. Like there's so many different things you could do in wine as a sommelier, but being a psalm is essentially the way I looked at it, like getting your degree. It's kind of giving you that credential, you know, to, you know, show people that you did your time you obviously have experience, but you also, you know, put yourself into the books, show that you could, you know, work hard to achieve something. And I think that's like my favorite thing, like about that. Like, I'm really glad that I, I didn't only, you know, work from the ground up to get experience in wine. I am happy that I went and got that certification too, just mm-hmm. to give me that, you know, little extra help, you know, when communicating with brands and jobs and getting to the next step in my career. Absolutely. And I I think too, just something I've observed in my career, because I went to an entrepreneurship school as well in San Francisco before really diving in. um, it, It really gives you a platform to stand on in your own mind, because sometimes the hardest person to um, get approval from in building your own business or, you know, going after your own dream is actually you. I feel like, you know, it's a full-time job to convince yourself, um, like you can do this, you know, and having something like that under your belt, that is a beautiful, a beautiful thing that you can kind of like point to, um, not just to others. Cause I think like the number one addiction in the world today is the addiction to others approval. Um, but I think, this almost like bridges a gap of like, I don't really need outside approval when I am like also proving to myself that this is something I totally am equipped to tackle. I really like that you said that because I mean, after I passed, I went through a phase of not believing that I did. I was like, no, they just let me pass. Like I almost like (laughs) didn't even believe in myself that I could do that. I was like, there's no way in hell. Like, you know, I never thought I would be good enough for it. I never was like good in school, any of that. Like I really couldn't accept that I did. It took me like probably like half a year to be like, I earned this, you know, like no matter what someone says, like this happened and that's what matters. <laughs> that's awesome. And I, I think I seriously do that all the time or like, you know, any kind of accolade or achievement. It's like, oh, well, it wasn't that big of a deal. Right. Um, Having that and convincing yourself, it's a great tool. So I love that. Um, Okay. Well, thank you for like diving into that a little bit deeper. Um, I think it, like I said, there is so much, the more I've looked into what you do, just even in prep for this interview, I am very impressed in how much you need to know and like how deep and wide your industry is. And it's just so cool to me. Like that is a big feat. So we just need to say that. (laughs) I appreciate that. Yeah. And I I definitely, every day, like, am in awe of, you know, people taking their wine knowledge to the next level, you know? So it, it definitely, like most industries is 
ongoing learning and you know, you'll never know everything. And that's so important to realize too. Absolutely. I love it. Okay. Well then, I mean, going from there, the wine industry is huge, right? Like mm-hmm. everyone knows why or wine, it is just huge everywhere too, right? Like I think of so many different parts of the world and just something that you really get to enjoy with people. So many great memories have to do with like, you know, red wine with dinner and, you know, this and that. And so it's something that like we intuitively, I think all just are like, oh yes, but there's such a huge influence and reach in it. And I feel like you have really just come in and flip the script in so many ways. And I know you're humble, so I don't know (laughs) if you'll fully agree, but like you have put a creative touch. You've come in as a millennial woman and like really showed up. So I want to know, how do you stay creative? And like, how have you like stayed inspired as you have like really made waves in your industry? Well, first of all, thank you, Allie. You gave me goosebumps again. (laughs) (laughs) And I really appreciate that. Um, But yeah, that's a great question. And I feel like that applies to so many entrepreneurs and people like us who are just always so active online and trying to, you know, think of new ways to engage with our audience and to, you know, not get boring and always be resourceful. And I think that contributes to my answer for that. My creativity probably stirs from me always wanting to bring value. Whatever I put out into the world, I'm always like, how is this benefiting someone else? Yeah, I think it's great, right? I wrote it, I posted it, I did it. But like, why would Allie think this is cool? You know, why would someone who follows me or, you know, you know, is a subscriber to my mailing list, why do they need it? Because once you stop thinking about others, you're really not going to get any further, you know? And it, to be honest, like, it seems really like, obvious that you would do that but it's it's really not it's taking me quite a while to focus on what other people want not just what I want to put out there so I think never sacrifice you know yourself and your authenticity and all of that you know but you're gonna cater to a certain audience and I I kind of talk about this a lot right now you're not going to be able to please everyone or appeal to everyone But once you, you know, kind of build that specific tribe of people who like what you're putting out, really learn from them, you know, do, do polls, do, you know, questionnaires and just kind of figure out what it is they want. And then that's going to help you stir your creativity. Like I literally just texted my um, best friends in our group chat and I was like, I'm going on my local TV network next month. And I'm, I can't think of like a new segment. I want to do something that's appealing to people who still watch TV and who like wine. But I kind of feel like I've, de- I've done it all already. Like, and they started stirring, you know, my mind a bit and putting out these examples. And then I just kind of made it my own. So I think my creativity really comes from other people. Mm-hmm. That's good. That, to be honest, that is so good. I love that, and that adding value. You hear that? Um, it's it's one of those like buzzwords, right? Like, oh yeah, yeah. show up, add value. The thing is, is there's a difference between walk and talk, which we all see in life, right? And yeah. I think saying you want to add value, 
um, and then bridging the gap of understanding what that looks like, that is a, that's a big gap, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You've done a great job in that. And so I love, Thank you, Thank you. Yeah, of course, I love hearing that. And it's, it's true. You know, looking to other people is a huge source of inspiration that I've found too. And there's nothing wrong with that. That is what mm-hmm. servitude is, right? Agreed. And I think if you just posted everything and expected everyone to think you're the only one who's ever posted that or came up with that, that's just like crazy, right? Like, you know, everyone is inspired and learns off other people. So I like to share other people's posts. Like just this morning, I get a newsletter from social media today. And I was just like, so in awe of it. It was just like speaking to me. So I shared it on my stories and was like quoting what they said. And you know, not everything we do needs to be straight from our own mind. It's okay to show others you've got it from this, you learn from that. Like that's what life is, is building up resources. So Mm -hmm. you could admit to that, it'll get easier to bring value to your own brand for sure. Dang, that's, that is so good. I love that. And I think in a world of Pinterest quotes and you know, just like absorbing a lot, it can be hard to reference different sources. I feel like that's mm-hmm. something um, that like isn't innate always. Mm-hmm. And so again, that building the value and and really accumulating resources and being able to know like, hey, this isn't just from me. Like I'm just a like I'm a compilation of my experiences and learnings. Yeah. Um, that makes a real leader too. So yeah. I love that. That's awesome. Okay, well then, going off of that, what obstacles have you overcome to get here? Oh man, so many. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, I could go on and on about, you know, the ups and downs these past four years, but one that comes to mind immediately is like halfway through my career of, you know, deciding to put myself out there as a business owner is um, putting myself out there fully. You know, I, two years ago, I would just kind of half do it and I would not be comfortable, you know, not having another side job. So I went through a point where I kind of gave up and started just working full time at a corporate um, business and was just kind of you know, put down by the negativity I received from, you know, certain people and just kind of gave up on myself and was in a weird spot. Didn't think I could do it, you know, started out, it was all fun, but then it got real and Mm -hmm. I got scared. And I think that is probably like why so many people don't succeed with their business is because it does kind of start out like this fun, new, exciting thing. And then you start dealing with like real negative things, whether it's you're not making enough money or someone puts you down or writes a negative thing. Like you, like the reality of a business comes into play, you know, after a year. And I will say maybe it was immaturity, you know, at 22 to start a business and think it would be all fun and games. And I'll be the first to admit where I gave up and I, kind of disappeared and people would be like, Sam, are you still doing your in-home tastings? And I'd be like, not right now. And I got, you know, I put an email out just kind of automatically saying I was taking a break and yeah, I went through this whole phase and that was a huge learning 
process for me to decide if I wanted to, you know, live this life where I wasn't fully putting myself out there and working for someone else and doing something else that I hated or going back to putting myself out there with the reality that it could fail again. And I don't know what it was exactly that told me to put myself out there again, but I did it. And I'm glad I did, but obviously I still deal with obstacles till this day, you know, new ways to engage, new ways to build that platform. And I would say it just comes down to you. Like your friends and your family could give you all the support and say you're the best. Like your mom could be your biggest supporter, like my mom is and all of that. But if you don't think you're good at something or good enough, you're never going to be able to get through it. You can't rely on people alone to encourage you. You know, you, you've got to just, you know, love what you do and believe in it. And that's, what's going to push you through. And I, I'm a different person. I, I know what confidence is now. And I just think that is like literally it is just being confident in yourself. It doesn't mean you need to be conceited or anything like that, but just really knowing that what you're putting out into the world is beneficial and it's going to make a difference just because other people are doing what you're doing. doesn't mean you're not doing it well. You know, everyone has their own unique voice and we live in a saturated world. There's always going to be another podcast. There's always going to be another sommelier, you know, influencer, pizza stand, whatever it is, but your confidence and your authenticity shines through and that's what's going to make you stay above water. So I think whenever you're just getting to that point in your business or whatever it is you're doing where you want to give up, give yourself time to think about it. If you need to shut your you know, social media off for a while and just kind of detox from that, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And I guess if I had to give an example of what helped me push past that would be doing exactly that, shutting things off, thinking about myself, not in front of other people and just giving myself and my mind some quiet time to really understand what makes me happy. So I don't know if I made that really confusing or not. (laughs) No, that was incredible. I'm like sitting here nodding like, yep, so good. And I I think sometimes I'm talking so long. I'm like, does this make sense? (laughs) I do that all the time. I feel like often too, I don't know if you ever do this, but I just like black out sometimes. Oh yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's literally what happens to me, whether I'm like, you know, talking to someone like this or like doing like a TV segment, it's a total blackout. I'm like, absolutely. That's how you know you're in the zone, though. So yeah, well done. Yeah. You sure your passion zone. is there. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I, I think just hearing that, I, I think I was just vigorously nodding, honestly, on this end, because the reality is that, yeah, it is, it's not always going to be easy. And like, that's something that people say, right? When you're like starting the journey or when you're again, like, you know, prepping or reading books or whatever that is, people say like, this isn't easy. And it's like, well, yeah, like that, that thought is a lot easier than living that struggle, you know? Uh, And I, I had a super similar journey, honestly, just in going like gung ho and then also being like, holy crap you know, like this isn't a game. Um, I have to show up for life. I have to pay my bills. I have to, 
you know, really figure this out. And um, believing in yourself is one of the most valuable things that you can have in life and, you know, in bringing value for people, you have to know your innate value. And sometimes you can lose sight of that. You need stillness. You need, you know, to shut off all of that. I had the same experience. So it's really cool to hear that. I love picking up on patterns in this industry, but much more so in life. You don't have to be an entrepreneur. You don't have to, you know, have these very unique niche experiences like we have to agree that sometimes you don't have to look outward to figure out what you need inward. Exactly. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, and I think, you know, this, what you just said is anything we're saying right now doesn't just apply to someone who wants to go out on their own and be an entrepreneur because that is not for everyone. And that's also a good thing too. I feel like we need people who aren't just doing that and are doing other things. And it stems from just having confidence. And I believe that's beneficial to anyone in any type of industry or lifestyle. So, yeah. Uh completely agree and I think it takes courage to be who you are supposed to be mm -hmm. and nobody is more so or less right like being an alligator hunter like that sounds epic to some people but maybe that's easier for the person in that position it's the same for entrepreneurship and everything like what our purpose and passion is is not better or worse than anyone else's we were created with our own interests and and abilities on purpose, you know, yeah, um, so I, comparison just completely steals joy when you're, when you're stuck in it. So I just, I love your like posture. I said posture earlier, like you just have a really great posture around that. And I always have admired it. And I think that takes confidence, like you just said, and then a lot of courage. That's a big buzzword on this podcast, a life right up your alley. It really is about something that is of your interests and is of something that you want to lean into. And I think there's a big hesitation in leaning in for our generation. You are telling the story right now of like, sometimes you have to lean back a bit. You need to take a break. You need to get some air. But when it comes down to it, the people that make a difference are the ones who don't quit. Those are the ones who really come back for more and decide to believe in themselves again. And I think that is such a model of courage. So what does that mean to you? What does courage mean to you? What does the keep going in these ups and downs look like for you? So, I mean, obviously courage is, you know, doing something that scares you and, you know, pushing through to get somewhere you want to be. But I would have to say my courage for myself you know, personally and professionally is pushing past what other people think. And that is something I still deal with literally every day. I mean, I, I, you know, have my own techniques to work on it, but you gotta just know that people are always going to have their own opinion and they're, they have a right to that and you need to respect it. There's obviously a way that they could say it to you to not come off, you know, hostile or whatever. But sometimes people just don't understand your journey and they never will. And that goes for any type of person. It doesn't have to be an entrepreneur going back to what we talked about, just how you said an alligator hunter. Like, you know, people just are not going to understand you fully. And like, that's what the world's supposed to be. You're supposed to find 
that group of people that does really see you and support you. Not everyone is going to be that person and you can't expect that from everyone. And I think once I realized that, I developed more courage to put myself out there. I wasn't so scared of rejection because I knew the rejection I was going to get was just going to come from people that didn't understand me and my journey. And I just think once you can be okay with that and not let it deter you from, you know, your goals, that's what's going to help. And I, and I'm not going to say like, I'm an expert on doing that every day. Like I still, you know, get a, uh, take a step back. If something unexpected is said to me, um, I need a, you know, I try to think about it before I speak out. You know, I think people kind of want a reaction out of you these days. We, we unfortunately live in a world of jealousy and competition. And I think if you could be that person to, you know, rise above it and just really support people, not just say you're going to support them, but actually do it and do it genuinely. I think that's the most courageous thing of all. And I'm very lucky that I have a group of friends that we all are just so positive to each other. And each of, each of us is so different from teachers to nurses to influencers uh, to recruiters. Like we all have such different paths and such different lifestyles personally. But when we all come together and this is just coming to mind this past weekend, uh, we all had a different story to share with each other and a different point of our life. And we all were just very accepting of that. And I think just knowing that not everyone is going to be like that, like your friend group is a courageous thing to do. So I don't know if that really ties fully into courage, but to me, putting myself out there and, you know, rising above is just kind of thinking back to that. That's amazing. That, and yeah, that totally ties into courage. I think that's the epitome of it. And I think what I have learned too, like the most courageous acts are ones that are 100% grounded in love and you really are showing up, you are adding value for others, but then you also like know, you know, the approval you need and don't need. And I think that's a huge thing that the world needs to see more of. Um, that is courageous to be able to say, you know, good for her, not for me, but also know what is right for you and accept it, you know? Right. Exactly. That's so good. Oh, I love that. And what's so cool is your career is just getting started. I love, I remember, I don't know if this will like register with you, but I remember being like 12 and looking at girls in college and being like, yo, they are so old. And then oh, 100% like, registers with me. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then, you know, yeah. like the girls that were like in their 20s past college, it was like, it's over for them, man. Yeah. Like, like, what like, are they even doing with their life? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, right. and so it's so interesting to be on this side now and, you know, be in my mid 20s and have lots of friends in their 30s and beyond um, who are just kind of really getting started. And I, it's so exciting. I have never been so glad to be so wrong in my, my preconceived notions um, because this really is such a ripe time for you and your career. And it's just really exciting. And so do you have any advice for someone 
who is looking to blaze their own trail, just being in this, you know, in this mindset, in this space you're in right now, knowing where you're going and being open to it. What does that look like for someone two steps behind, three steps behind? Just to do a backtrack real quick on what you were saying. I, I think timeline people get caught up on so much. You know, I'm 22. I need to have my dream job or I'm 30. I need to own a house 30. I need to have a kid. Like I just think even me, like I, you know, get caught up on the number of where we are in life. And, you know, that's just not what we should focus on. We should just focus on mentally where we are in life, not physically our age. So um, I do have a story where I did start off younger and was lucky to find what it is I liked and wanted to do at a younger age. But my mindset on things has changed so much. I learned I don't really like doing in-home wine tastings. I'd rather do them virtually and do more of an e-course. So I just think you live and you learn. And even though if someone starts off doing something at a younger age and it's going to change. So, you know, I'd say wherever you are in life, whatever age, whatever it is you're doing to really blaze your own trail, you just need to know what it is you want to do. And even if you're not 100% sure that's it, you just got to try it. Like so many people have come to me and like wanted help starting their blog and they just won't put it out there. And so that's kind of part of my new services. I'm just, I want to just help them put it out there. You know, if you, if you keep waiting for the right time or the perfect time, that's never going to happen. Like put your blog out there. And if it isn't that good, or if it fails, that's going to help you just do something else later on. I think you got to learn from your mistakes and, you know, and you don't really know until you actually do it. So I, I mean, not everyone has that personality. Like I'm, I'm not a perfectionist. So mm-hmm. I'd rather just like put it out there and see what happens and try harder the next time and kind of live and learn then wait until it's like literally the most perfect thing in the world. And that doesn't apply to everything. Like I get if you're writing like this really expensive book or novel. Yeah, obviously like you want to be sure that's pretty close to perfect. But as far as launching a business, you know, you got to start out somewhere and you learn from feedback from others. You learn what does well and what doesn't. I mean, I have a literal example right now. I tried to cut back on in-home tastings just due to some personal reasons and whatnot. So now I'm launching an e-course, you know? So it's just finding out what it is that you enjoy to do and then, you know, how the audience is going to come back at that. So, I mean, blazing your own trail, my first step of advice to sum all that up is just trying out one thing, whether it is you want to start posting more on Instagram or you want to start a blog or a podcast, you know, you don't have to do it all at once, but just start somewhere, you know, just put one thing out there, see how it goes, see how you like it. Maybe the podcast isn't for you. Maybe you want to do a YouTube channel. You know, I just think trying it, you know, what do you have to lose these days? If you are focused so much on what other people are going to think and waiting till the right time, that's never going to happen. So one, two, three, go is like what I have to say. That's amazing. One, two, three, go. I just was like, I don't know how to say that quick, but one, two, three, go. (laughs) That's, That's perfect. That's exactly what it is. And I think that's also something that like you can take with you because whether it's your first step or your 99, you still have that resistance no matter where you are or what you're doing 
um, one, two, three, go is the mentality you need to take the step, you know? I love that. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Well done. I'm going to, that is going to be something that I'm going to hold on to myself and just really accepting the truth. And you really were saying this in a way we learn the way while we're on the way, you know, Yeah. Yeah. Um, people think you, you're not going to just, I had some great examples of friends, but just, you're not going to just, just one day run into someone and they're going to be like, you should write a book. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, maybe you will. And if you, you do receive that, if that's something you want to do 100%. But usually what I've observed is people, you know, start with a blog or start with a podcast or start by bravely learning on the way. And then you run into opportunity while blazing that trail you, you know, allow it to come to you by showing up in it. So I love that. One, two, three, go. I have really enjoyed this conversation. So often people run after success. And as I have grown, I've realized that success really is about me. We want to embody excellence. Excellence is about the collective. And you do that so well with your clients, with your following, with your personal brand, um, you show up for people, Sam. So thank you for showing up here. You brought it. Thank you, Ali. Of course, of course. And if any of you guys have any questions for Sam, then go check her out. So it's samanthasomelier.com. So S-A-M-A-N-T-H-A-S-O-M-M-E-L-I-E-R.com. That's awesome. And you can find her at that same thing on Instagram. Sam, you are an inspiration. I can't wait to see you go and grow and one, two, three, go. We appreciate you. So thanks for coming on. 